0: Psalm 44, Part 1 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2 by St. Augustine of Hippo, Psalm 44, Part 1. This psalm is addressed to the sons of Korah as its title shows. Now Korah is equivalent to the word calvatium, or... Baldness, and we find in the gospel that our lord jesus christ was crucified in the place of a skull it is clear then that this psalm is sung to the sons of his passion now we have on this point a most certain and most evident testimony from the apostle paul because that at the time when the church was suffering under the persecutions of the gentiles he quoted from hence a verse to insert by way of consolation and encouragement to patience for it is here that is said Which he inserted in his epistle, For thy sake are we killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Let us then hear in this psalm the voice of the martyrs, and see how good is the cause which the voice of the martyrs pleads, saying, For thy sake, etc. For on this account the Lord also added the words, For righteousness' sake, while saying, Blessed are they that suffer for righteousness, viz., lest any one suffering persecution should expect glory from the punishment itself without having a good cause and hence exhorting his disciples he says blessed are ye when men shall say or do such and such things unto you for my sake hence then the words for thy sake are we killed all the day long but it is a counsel of god of great depth and one requiring great consideration what was the reason that after he had led our fathers the patriarchs and the whole of that people Israel, out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and after he had drowned in the sea their enemies, when pursuing them, had led them through opposing nations, and having completely subdued their enemies, planted themselves in the land of promise, and, with very small numbers on their side, won great victories over a vast multitude of the enemy, why it should afterwards have seemed good to him to turn his face as it were from his people so that his saints must be exposed to the sweeping overthrow of slaughter and of death and no man resisted no man defended them no man rescued them as if god had turned his face from their groanings as if he had forgotten them as if he was not himself their god who with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm and power made manifest forced as i said from egypt our fathers i e that people and having conquered and expelled the heathen from their own land, settled them in the sovereignty, all persons marveling that a great multitude had been repeatedly conquered by a few. This, then, it is that begins to be sung in the psalm, in the groaning of confession, for it was not without reason that those things actually took place, but in order that it might be understood why they took place. Now that they did actually take place, we know. Why they took place is a deeper question for us, The title then is not simply, To the Sons of Korah, but, For Understanding, To the Sons of Korah. This is the case also with that psalm, the first verse of which the Lord himself uttered on the cross, My God, my God, look upon me, why hast thou forsaken me? For transferring us in a figure to what he was saying and to his own body, for we are also his body, and he is our head, he uttered from the cross not his own cry, but ours, for God never forsook him nor did he himself ever depart from the Father. But it was in behalf of us that he spake this, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For there follows, far from my health, are the words of my offenses, and its shoes, in whose person he said this, For sin could not be found in him. I will cry unto thee in the daytime, and thou wilt not hear, and in the night season, assuredly, we must understand, thou wilt not hear. But he added, And not for foolishness unto me, that is, this very thing that, Thou wilt not hearken unto me, is not for foolishness unto me, but for understanding. What means, wilt not hear me for understanding? This means, Thou wilt not hear me unto temporal things, that I may understand that it is the things eternal that should be desired of thee. God then does not forsake, and when he seems to forsake, He is taking from thee what thou didst wrongly long for, and teaching thee what thou oughtest rightly to long for. For if God were always to shew favor unto us in these present prosperities, that everything should abound unto us, and that in this time of our mortality we should suffer no distress or difficulties, we could not but say that these are the highest blessings that God bestows on his servants, and we should not desire any greater ones of him. Now it is for this reason that he mingles the bitterness of tribulations with this life's hurtful sweetness, that another, which is wholesomer, might be sought after. This is the meaning of his psalm for understanding for the sons of Korah. Let us at least hear the psalm, and there rather see this truth. Verse 1 O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us the work that Thou didst in their days and in the days of old. Wondering wherefore, in these days, he has seemingly forsaken those whom it was his will to exercise in sufferings, they recall the past events which they have heard of from their fathers, as if they said, It is not of these things that we suffer that our fathers told us. For in that other psalm also he said this, Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and the outcast of the people." They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. Have I then hoped, and hast thou forsaken me? And have I believed upon thee in vain? And is it in vain that my name has been written in thy book, and thy name has been inscribed on me? What our fathers told us was this. Verse 2. Thy hand destroyed the nations, and thou plantedest them. Thou didst weaken the peoples and cast them out. That is to say, thou didst drive out the peoples from their own land, that thou mightest bring them in and plant them and mightest by thy mercy establish their kingdom. These are the things that we have heard from our fathers. But perhaps it was because they were brave, were men of battle, were invincible, were well-disciplined, and warlike, that they could do these things. Far from it. This is not what our fathers told us. This is not what is contained in Scripture. But what does it say? But what follows? Verse 3. For they gat not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, But thy right hand, and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance. Thy right hand is thy power, thine arm is thy son himself, and the light of thy countenance. What means this? But that thou wert present with them in miracles of such a sort, that thy presence was perceived. For when God's presence with us appears by any miracle, do we see his face with our own eyes? No, it is by the effect of the miracle he intimates to man his presence. In fact, What do all persons say who express wonder at the facts of this description? I saw God present, but thy right hand, and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou pleasest in them. I.e., did it so deal with them, that thou wert well pleasing in them, that whoso considered how they were being dealt with, might say, that God is with them of a truth, and it is God that moves them. What? Was he then other than he is now? Away with the supposition. For what follows? Verse 4. Thou art thyself, my king and my God. Thou art thyself, for thou art not changed. I see that the times are changed, but the creator of times is unchanged. Thou art thyself, my king and my God. Thou art wont to guide me, to govern me, to save me. Thou who commandest salvation unto Jacob. What is thou who commandest? Even though in thine own proper substance and nature, in which thou art whatsoever thou art, thou wast hid from them. And though thou didst not converse with the fathers in that which thou art in thyself, so that they could see thee face to face, yet by any created being whatsoever thou commandest salvation unto Israel. For that sight of thee face to face is reserved for those set free in the resurrection, and the very fathers of the New Testament too although they saw thy mysteries revealed although they preached the secret thing so revealed to them nevertheless said that they themselves saw but in a glass darkly but that seeing face to face is reserved to a future time when what the apostle himself speaks of shall have come for ye are dead and your life is hid with christ in god when christ our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory It is against that time, then, that vision, face to face, is reserved for you, of which John also speaks, Beloved, we are now the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We know that, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Although then, at that time, our fathers saw thee, not as thou art, face to face, although that vision is reserved against the resurrection, yet even though they were angels who presented themselves it is thou who commandest salvation unto jacob thou art not only present by thine own self but by whatsoever created being thou didst appear it is thou that dost command by them that which thou doest by thine own self in order to the salvation of thy servants But that which they do, whom thou commandest it, is done to procure the salvation of thy servants. Since then thou art thyself my king and my God, and thou commandest salvation unto Jacob, wherefore we are suffering these things. But perhaps it is only what is past that has been described to us, but nothing of the kind is to be hoped for by us for the future. Nay, indeed, it is still to be hoped for. Verse 5 Through thee will we winnow away our enemies, Our fathers then have declared to us a work that thou didst, in their days and in the days of old, that thy hand destroyed the Gentiles, that thou didst cast out the peoples, and didst plant them. Such was the past, but what is to be hereafter? Through thee we shall winnow away our enemies. A time will come when all the enemies of Christians will be winnowed away like chaff, be blown like dust, and be cast off from the earth. If, then, both the past has been described to us to have been such, and the future foretold to be of the same description, why do we suffer in the midst of the present state of things, except it be in order to the understanding of the sons of Korah? Through thee will we winnow away our enemies, and through thy name we tread them under that rise up against us, thus much of the future. Verse 6 I will not trust in my bow, even as our fathers did not in their sword, neither shall my sword help me. Verse 7 For thou hast saved us from our enemies. This too is spoken of the future under the figure of the past, but this is the reason that it is spoken as if it were past, that it is as certain as if it were past. Give heed, wherefore many things are expressed by the prophets as if they were past, whereas it is things future, not past facts, that are the subject of prophecy. For the future passion of our Lord himself was foretold, and yet it says, They pierced my hands and my feet. They told all my bones, not They shall pierce, and Shall tell. They looked and stared upon me, not They shall look and stare upon me. They parted my garments among them. It does not say, They shall part them. All these things are expressed as if they were past, although they were yet to come, because to God things to come also are as certain as if they were past. For to us what is past is certain, what is to come uncertain. For we know a certain thing to have happened, And it is impossible that what has once happened should not have happened. Suppose a prophet to whom the future is as certain as the past is to you, and as certain as it is to you that what you remember to have happened cannot possibly not have happened, so certain is it to him that what he knows to be about to come to pass cannot certainly fail to come to pass. It is for this reason, in consequence of their certainty, that those things which are yet future are spoken of as if past. This it is then that we hope... For it is, Thou hast saved us from our enemies, and hast put them to shame that hated us. Verse 8 In God will we boast all the day long. Observe how he intermingles words expressive of a future time, that you may perceive that what was spoken of before, as in past time, was foretold of future times. In God will we boast all day long, and in Thy name will we confess forever. What is, we shall boast? What, we shall confess? That thou hast saved us from our enemies, that thou art to give us an everlasting kingdom, that in us are to be fulfilled the words, Blessed are they that shall dwell in thine house. They will be always praising thee. Since then we have the certainty that these things are to be hereafter, and since we have heard from our fathers that those we spoke of were in time past, what is our state at present? Verse 9. But now thou hast cast us off and put us to shame. Thou hast put us to shame not before our own consciences, but in the sight of men. For there was a time when Christians were persecuted, when in every place they were outcasts, when in every place it used to be said, He is a Christian, as if it were conveyed an insult and reproach. Where then is he, our God, our King, who commands salvation unto Jacob? Where is he who did all those works which our fathers have told us? Where is he who is hereafter to do all those things which he revealed unto us by his Spirit? Is he changed? No. These things are done in order to understanding for the sons of Korah. For we ought to understand something of the reason why he has willed we should suffer all these things in the meantime. What all things? But now thou hast cast us off and put us to shame, and goest not forth, O God, in our powers. We go forth to meet our enemies, and thou goest not forth with us. We see them, they are very strong, and we are without strength, what is that might of thine? Where thy right hand and thy power? Where the sea dry up and the Egyptian pursuers overwhelmed with the waves? Where Amalek's resistance subdued by the sign of the cross? And thou, O God, goest not forth in our powers. Verse 10. Thou hast turned us away backward in presence of our enemies, so that they are, as it were, before, we behind. They are counted as conquerors, we as conquered and they which hate us spoiled for themselves. What did they spoil but ourselves? Verse 11. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the nations. We have been devoured by the nations. Those persons are meant who, through their sufferings, have by process of assimilation become part of the body of the Gentile world. For the church mourns over them as over members of her body that have been devoured. Verse 12. Thou hast sold thy people for no price, for we see whom thou hast made over. What thou hast received we have not seen, and there was no multitude in their jubilees. For when the Christians were flying before the pursuit of enemies who were idolaters, were there then held any congregations and jubilees in the honour of God? Were those hymns chanted in concert from the churches of God that are wont to be sung in concert in time of peace, and to be sounded in a sweet accord of the brotherhood in the ears of God? And there was no multitude in their Jubilees. Verse 13, 14. Thou madest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou madest us a similitude among the heathen. What is meant by a similitude? It is when men, in imprecating a curse, make a similitude of his name whom they detest. So mayest thou die. So mayest thou be punished. What a number of such reproaches were then uttered. So mayest thou be crucified. Even in the present day, there are not wanting enemies of Christ, those very Jews themselves, against whom, whensoever we defend Christ, they say unto us, So mayest thou die as he did. For they would not have inflicted that kind of death, had they not an intense horror of dying by such a death, or had they been able to comprehend what mystery was contained in it. When the ointment is applied to the eyes of the blind man, he does not see the eye salve in the physician's hand, for the very cross was made for the benefit even of those persecutors themselves. Hereby they were healed afterwards, and they believed in him whom they themselves had slain. Thou madest us a similitude among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the peoples, a shaking of the head by way of insult. They spake with their lips, they shook the head. This they did to the Lord. This to all his saints, also, whom they were able to pursue, to lay hold of, to mock, to betray, to afflict, and to slay. Verse 15, 16. My shame is continually before me, and the confusion of my face has covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth, that is to say, from the voice of them that insult over me, and who make it a charge against me that I bear that name by which all charges against me shall be blotted out. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth that is of him that speaketh against me by reason of the enemy and the persecutor, and what is the understanding conveyed here? Those things which are told us of the time past will not be done in our case. those which are hoped for as to be hereafter are not as yet manifest. those which are passed as the leading out of thy people with great glory from Egypt its deliverance from its persecutors, the guiding of it through the nations, the placing of it in the kingdom, whence the nations had been expelled. What are those to be hereafter? The leading of the people out of this Egypt of the world, when Christ, our leader, shall appear in his glory, the placing of the saints at his right hand, of the wicked at his left, the condemnation of the wicked with the devil to eternal punishment, the receiving of a kingdom from Christ with the saints to the last forever. These are the things that are yet to be. The former are what are past. In the interval, what is to be our lot? Tribulations. Why so? That it may be seen with respect to the soul that worships God, to what extent it worships God. That it may be seen whether it worships him freely, from whom it receives salvation freely. For should God say unto thee, What didst thou give me that I might create thee? Assuredly, if thou deservest aught of me, after thou wast made... Thou hadst not deserved aught of me before I made thee. What are we to say to him who first created us freely because he himself is good, not because we have deserved anything whatsoever? In the next place, what are we to say of our restoration, our second birth itself, that our deserts obtained for us the sending to us of that eternal salvation from the Lord? God forbid! If our deserts were at all accounted of, his coming would be but to our condemnation." He came not to examine into our deserts, but for the remission of our sins. Thou wert not in being, and thou wert created. What hast thou given unto God? Thou wert wicked, and thou wert redeemed. What hast thou given unto God? What is there that thou hast not received from him freely? With reason is it named grace, because it is bestowed gratis, i.e. freely. What is required of thee then is this, that thou too shouldest worship him freely, not because he gives thee things temporal, but because he holds out to thee things eternal. End of Psalm 44, Part 1